Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me on this episode of the show about the show. As always, a very happy Rusev Day to you all, although maybe not depending on who you are. Today's episode is a milestone episode. This is episode 40 of the show about the show, and I am very pleased and very honored to have on from Cut 4 and MLB, Jessica Kleinschmidt. She's also very active on Twitter. She has a fascination with uh, Joey Votto. She just landed her dream job. And we're going to talk about what it's like to be a woman in a predominantly male industry. Jessica Jessica is here, so let's go ahead and get started and bring her on. Hey, Jessica, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for coming on the show. So let's start, obviously, talk about the World Series. We've got the Dodgers. We've got the Red Sox. We've got the two two of the highest-paid um, teams in baseball. What are your thoughts through the first two games of the World Series? What's really stuck out to you? Um, actually, David Price's performance just this postseason has been phenomenal to watch. He's usually struggles in the postseason, and actually, I think it was before the World Series happened, he pretty much cut his ERA in half from his overall postseason ERA performance. So that was great to watch. Um, and then, of course, his last two dominating outings has been great. Uh, Mookie Betts is always great to watch. These Red Sox bats have been absolutely phenomenal. And to see Justin Turner continue to be the uh, guy who just comes up clutch in October has been fabulous to watch. And I like those storylines that show that these guys perform really well in the postseason, whether it's like, you know, George Springer or Chris Taylor or Max Muncy, you know, these guys really go clutch. So those have been kind of the things that I've been excited to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, for, for fans of the game, you know, you think of the Dodgers, you think of Kershaw, you might think of Manny Machado, you might think of a couple other players. But, you know, Justin Turner's kind of been one of those under-the-radar guys who, like you said, kind of seems to come up clutch in big-time situations. Talk about him. I mm-hmm. mean, he had home runs. that He had walk-off – or he had two big hits in the Milwaukee series. He had a home run and he had a walk-off. Talk to me about Justin Turner and just kind of what an underrated player he seems to be in baseball. So I don't think he's underrated. I think he just has his tendencies to not perform at the the right times until it is October. And then it's like, boom, he's out there. Uh, But, you know, he did struggle a little bit this season with injuries, which is, you know, that happens. Um, And the timing couldn't have been worse. It was right after they signed a big extension for him. And and that was kind of interesting to watch. But, um, you know, overall, he's, probably one of the most consistent ball players, I guess. And I know I kind of am taking back what I said previously, but when he is in the right situation, he can come through clutch. Like I said, October baseball is his bread and butter. So I think that's always Absolutely. great. And he's, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like the Boston Red Sox a few years back where they may not have had a really strong regular season, but once they make it to the postseason, they're going to be phenomenal. So that's always great to watch. But I mean, the guy just, I don't know what it is, whether it's the weather, he just performs better in cold weather. I don't know, but something just seems to just work for him the moment it gets cold. You know, I think it's that beard. I really do. I think he does something to that beard. I think there's, I think there's magic in that beard. You you talk you work for uh, you work for Cut Four and for MLB. Talk to me about how you got involved working with those um, with those two places. Uh, it's uh, 
a very long story. The short story is um, I had a little blog, and um, I basically put my work out there, and it was actually a small little A's blog, and I was actually just bashing on myself, um, you know, being making fun of the, the weird <laughs> things I would say during baseball games. And this person sure. found it, and um, and he said, well, hey, would you like to write for my site? Unfortunately, the baseball season's over, but we can start you off with some fantasy football stuff. And um, so I did fantasy football, you know, and then baseball season came around, and I really that's when I realized, like, I need to be writing about baseball. Um, time went on. I wrote for multiple sites, um, and that turned into, you know, being my – my byline being on Fox Sports, MSN Sports, uh, front page of really big news um, and, you know, breaking stories. And I worked for FanDuel, did some content stuff for them. That was my really big break. And um, I was freelancing for pretty much, you know, FanDuel let us all go. And after that, I was freelancing for six months. But when you're freelancing for six months, it might as well be five years because it seems like it just takes forever. <laughs> I taught myself a lot of self-discipline. Sure. Um, and then I applied, there was an opening at cut four and I applied and it just was such a great fit. And I remember during the second stream of in person or on over the Skype interview where I realized like, this feels like home and I really want to work there. And, um, it, it's when I, when I'm leaving, of course, I, this is actually one of my, my second to last week there. And it was a very tough decision to make, uh, cause I feel like they're my family. And of course they wanted to keep me and they were trying to make it to where I could stay, uh, but you know, moving on to covering multiple sports and going back to the Bay Area just feels right. Absolutely, and we'll get into that here uh, in a little bit. Um, let's let's kind of talk about let's talk about a certain baseball player. Let's talk about a guy who plays first base for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, let's talk about uh-huh. Joey Votto. You have a fascination right. with Joey Votto that's really interesting. How did that come about? So actually, it was it was one of my closest friends, Melissa. She kind of told me about him, and you know, I knew him from a fantasy baseball perspective because I was a fantasy analyst for so many years. And but I never realized how quirky he actually was. Now, there was this one interview I covered, and he talked about like how he was like, you know, I'm single, I'm good looking, I'm 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 rich, and I was like, okay, this guy's interesting. And as years went by, he opened up to the media more and more. And that's when I was kind of like, this guy's funky and weird. He's just different. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to so many athletes, every single sport over my career, and he's just always been different. And from a cut four perspective, that's what we look for. We don't, we don't want to push the, like, basically tell you, hey, baseball's fun. We want to highlight that. We want to remind you this is fun. Sure. And, and that's, that's our ultimate goal. And in a, in a sport that desperately needs it, you know, he's, done everything and the cool thing about it is how diverse he is so he'll do something funny where he'll mess with the fans but when he's talking about you know hitting instruction or how to hit you stop and you listen and he's just so articulate and fun and he's just like what exudes the type of player or the type of human being you want to be he's genuinely my hero like I would love to be able to bring the um, the combination of entertainment and knowledge into my job like he does. So that's why I'm so fascinated by him. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've read stats that say things like, you know, Joey Votto has had six infield pop-ups in the last seven years, things like that. So uh-huh. kind of like you mentioned, you know, he really, really, really takes hitting seriously. But when he's not hitting – you know, you mentioned kind of the interaction with the fans. I saw he traded a 
a fan of Jersey late in the season for a shirt that says Votto mm-hmm. for mayor or something like that. So Votto yeah, for I mean, president I mean, or yeah. Votto for president. Yeah, and, and you nailed prime it on the head. I mean, baseball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you nailed it on the head. I mean, baseball needs characters. It needs it needs these kind of weird, quirky guys. And for Joey Votto to be that is it's fantastic. What about a couple of years ago when he was uh, when the Reds were doing something to get a player into the All Star game and they with a goat? Wasn't Joey Votto promising oh, it was somebody a, do- a it was goat? A, it, was a, it was a donkey. It was a donkey. It was a donkey. Um, okay. So yeah, so it was um, Cozart who was then on the Reds. He's okay. now um, yeah. So on the Angels. It, Joey yeah. Votto, of course. Yeah, he's now on the Angels. Um, Cozart. Um, Joey Votto is instantly made the all-star team. It doesn't really matter if he's going right. over 162 or what have you. He'll make the all-star team. So he wanted, you know, right. the cool the cool thing that I love and hate about the all-star voting is you can kind of depend on fans to do it, which I love it and I hate it, but I also think sometimes the baseball, you know, whatever, anywho. Um, and it was cool to know that he was going to help out. So what he did was he dressed as a donkey, like the Shrek donkey on MLB Network, and he wanted to help, you know, get Zach, Zach Kozar on the all-star team. So he said, if you guys vote Zach onto the all-star team, I'll buy, I'll get him a donkey. And you bet your ass, he got him a donkey. And um, they <laughs> named him Donald, Donald the Donkey because Zach Kozar's son was obsessed with Donald the Duck at the time. Probably still is. And, uh, yeah, they brought the donkey in. They fed him. And it was the cutest, the cutest donkey ever. So, you know, he stuck to his word, and, and you got a pet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, you mentioned earlier you're leaving Cut 4. It's your second to last week. You just landed your dream yeah. job. Tell people about what your dream job is and what you're going to be doing. So here's the thing. When I when I say my dream job, I almost felt bad for saying that because ML, MLB was kind of what I'm doing now is my dream job. Um, but the thing I noticed is I, you know, I live in Reno, I live in Reno, Nevada, and it's, um, it's difficult to kind of go out on assignments unless I travel or do more stuff. And, um, I, I thought that I would only do baseball for the rest of my life, which isn't a bad thing. Even my boss now is like, I would love to keep you forever. It'd be great. But I realized like I'm, I'm the type of person where I want to be challenged. So NBC Sports Bay Area brings that. Um, I can still push out all the content and do everything, whether it's, you know, reporting, um, just the, the blogs, the podcasts, whatever. And um, But I could still – I can do this for multiple teams. And to do it at a time where uh, the Warriors are the best team in basketball is just such a great thing. And um, the A's are coming back from a strong season. The Giants are rebuilding. The Raiders are moving. The Niners are struggling. But – I love knowing that that means that you could only go up from there. And of course the sharks are having a phenomenal season. So it's nice to know that I'm going to be learning a lot more. Um, of course I know football really pretty well baseball. I can do in my sleep, but to relearn basketball and to learn about hockey and be able to contribute and make people fall in love with, you know, sports again, that's great. Cause I feel like I changed a lot of people's tune when it came to baseball. Um, we weren't getting as, as rough of comments saying like, you know, well, I want to know this guy's war. I want to know his woba. Like, who gives a shit? Like, how about watch this game because it's cool or it's fun? 
So I want to make sure I'm able to do that with multiple sports and be challenged and learn something new and get to teach myself something again, because I felt like I wasn't being pushed. Um, And that's nothing toward my job. That was just the fact that um, I could do baseball in my sleep. So to, to kind of, shake me up a little bit and start from scratch is going to be great. And it's just going to be good for my future too. That way I don't have anything holding me back from other sports. And it's a great um, place to work for. I grew up watching it. I lived in the Bay area for a little bit, obviously being able to cover my favorite team, the Oakland A's is just going to be life changing. And um, to have them actually seek me out was what blew my mind. I didn't think anybody saw my work and to know that somebody thought of me in that aspect to actually want to, work for them was phenomenal and to work for such a great place like NBC it's something that I've I've dreamt about since I was a little girl that's fantastic and and you know I can kind of relate a little bit to that too you know I do this podcast occasionally and and I guess I guess maybe anybody who puts out content that isn't you know ESPN or you know, right. really famous. I suppose they all kind of feel like, oh, hey, nobody sees my work. So that is fantastic. Now, you're going to be working and with Oakland And you can't Oakland stop A's. that. You, you can't stop right. that from, like, pushing out content. Like, that's what I did. Like, I didn't think anybody was reading my stuff. And then when I was applying for jobs, they were saying, why did it take you so long to apply? And so you have to keep pushing out content. You have to be yourself but be different which sounds weird, but in a, in an industry where a lot of people are fake, if you stay true to who you are and put out fun stuff and educated stuff, people will, will see it and, and you'll get the right amount of attention and your life will change. I can promise them that. So you need to be the Joey Votto of your industry. Yes, be the quirky, Joey Votto in the world. <laughs> yes. I, I like that. We, I, I think we just came up with a T-shirt. Perfect. I think we just came up with a T-shirt. So you're going to be working with the Oakland A's. Obviously, you know, they were a playoff team. Chris Davis led the majors with 48 home runs. Mm-hmm. You're going you're going to a team that is covered, that isn't, isn't a big market team, but has, but still wins games. Does that yeah. entice you even a little bit more to just be like, okay, you know, I get to go from – covering, you know, all these, all these, you know, maybe big market teams to a team that had the lowest payroll in baseball and made the playoffs. So it's the same story every year with the A's, but there's not a lot of money involved, but you know, after being a fan of theirs and, and being raised or being really good friends with people who are those fans, um, it's, I've heard so many different stories and it's, and it, it breaks my heart because, you know, I'll be covering an area where the Giants had a really, really, really awful season, but people came out to more of those games. Then you flip it, and the A's have Matt Chapman, one of the best ball players in the league right now, begging fans to come to games. And I know there are so many different reasons right. why people weren't going to A's games, but at the same time, it's kind of it's just it's a smack in the face. But I like knowing that. I want to be able to help put out that content or make people watch and and make people pay attention, whether it's me doing something ridiculous or, or them doing something ridiculous. I don't care, but I feel like they deserve the right amount of respect. And I know that money does come down to it. That's how it works, right? You pay the the best players to play on your team and you're going to make the playoffs, but people talk about money ball and they get there and they get there and they get there, but they can't get past there. They can either win the AL West, they can win the wild card, they can dominate playoffs, but they can't make it past 
a certain, you know, finish line. And that's a whole different podcast, but I, I kind of like knowing that they're the underdogs and, you know, you can't really bash on an A's fan. They're like the lovable losers, you know, and I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you they're like some of the best fans in baseball, but a lot of my friends aren't A's fans. When they go to A's games to watch the visiting team, they're treated with nothing but respect. And you don't see that in a lot of, you know, fandoms. And, and I think right. that's important, but it's just a team that I grew up, you know, watching and it's a huge turnover, but you know, it's, it reminds me of home. It reminds me of when I was little. It reminds me when I played little league. It reminds me when I, you know, fell in love with the sport. So you can't, you know, teach that. It's something I was born with, and I can't wait to show that off to the Bay Area. And I can't. And I, I would imagine the Bay Area fans and fans around the country can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. Let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, one of the one of the A's most popular writers is Susan Slosser. She is a woman yeah. in who writes for baseball, and there's also Heidi Watney on MLB Network, and Jessica Mendoza mm-hmm. became the uh, main woman for Sunday Night Baseball. There was a lot of backlash with that. Being a woman in an industry that's dominated by men. Can you talk about that and any challenges or maybe, you know, any issues or harassment or any, any things like that that you've had to overcome to work? Like, have you had to work twice as hard to get half as far? Yeah, but I've always dealt with that. I actually grew up playing Little League baseball and Babe Ruth baseball with boys, so I always had to be a little bit better. And then my dad was the president of all the leagues, so I was like, well, I can't just be – good because if I'm good and make the team they're going to say oh it's because your dad was the president and so I had to work extra hard and and that really helped me just throughout life um you know I I knew I always wanted to work in this industry and I knew there was going to be some backlash and and it's not as bad as it used to be when I first got in industry nobody took me seriously which is okay that's fine um but there's so much sexism in the world right now and it spreads beyond sports media and and I get it and, and people get mad that women didn't play the, the game, so why should they commentate? But also a lot, there's a lot of men that never played the game that have great careers in sports media, and they do the play-by-play, and they do the commentary mm-hmm. and what have you, and it shows, you know, that's, that's fine, but we should also teach the world that there's other ways you can learn the sport. You could, that's why I like it. I like asking questions. You know, I'm not saying that since I played Little League, I deserve to do play-by-play but I deserve the right to have had that chance. I didn't get to play high school ball because the coach said straight up, we are not going to put you on the team because they're softball. And that's the one sport, one of the few sports that it's two actually different sports. It's not women's baseball and men's baseball. It's softball and men's baseball. There is women's baseball and that's the same, but back back then they didn't have any leagues. And I want people to remember that if you tell a girl, if you tell a girl to go play softball because it's the same thing as baseball. You really need to take a reality check because it's not. It took me so long to adjust. And, you know, I wasn't given that chance. Or, and I probably would, and there's no way in hell I would have made the majors, but I think I deserved the right amount of chances as the men in my life or the boys in my life. So I didn't get that opportunity, but I knew that. So I wanted to learn. I wanted to relearn what these guys deal with, what it's like to go from the minors all the way up to the big leagues. And it's not just talent. It's knowing that these guys get paid practically nothing before they get their signing bonuses or, you know, when they're living in the Dominican or living in Cuba or living in these 
foreign countries that they're using tires for tees to hit the balls off of. There's so many things that you can learn as a woman. Now, when I first got in the industry, I got harassed constantly, and that wasn't just sexually. Women treated me like crap. They bullied me big time, and actually it was a huge A's fan base who treated me like crap, and, you know, it's, it, it was awful, the stuff they would say. And as time went on, you know, you grow a thick skin, but I don't want people to say, oh, you know, you should get over it. Like, I shouldn't, you know, be okay with man saying these things to me or a woman saying that I'm fat and ugly or threatening my life. That's not okay. And especially people that aren't in the industry who have no idea what the hell they're talking about to tell me to grow a thick skin when you're sitting in your nine to five cubicle, not doing shit with your life and you're miserable. Like, don't tell me that I should grow a thick skin because that's not okay. And I realized I chose an industry and my type of personality. I got a lot of Twitter followers, but I'm a person, you know, and, and I, mm-hmm. when I first got in the industry, there were no women I thought that I could look up to. I thought it was all dudes and all men. And that's what sucked is I didn't think that anybody would believe me when I would complain. I had a recent situation a couple of years back where this man from um, a certain organization kept sending me inappropriate photos. I um, went to the right people and he got in trouble and it's come back to me that he's done it to two other females and um, they've complained to me. And the thing that sucks is they even said, but I'm the new girl. I don't want to say anything. And I was like, well, that's, and that sucks because I told them I got treated awful after that. I complained and it really ruined it because they couldn't, they wouldn't work with me. So I get that. And this is before the Me Too movement. Sorry, I'm going on a rant, but this is the one thing I'm very no, that's okay. passionate about. Yeah, no, yeah, and I, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think it's important. And but I also want people to know it's, it's not always going to be bad. I feel like being a woman has actually gotten me quite a bit more exposure because they're opening up to women. Like I've, I've been on barstool sports, which people are constantly worried about how they treat women. And, and, you know, a lot of places that people consider anti-women are giving me a lot of opportunities, giving other females a lot of opportunities. Did you really think we're going to see Jessica Mendoza have such a prominent role at ESPN? Jenny Kavanaugh doing play-by-play for the Rockies is sensational. And these women are great. Jenny's phenomenal woman and you know it's I work with an amazing woman at MLB.com and she's great and she produces my show and we have fun together and we respect one another and I want people to know that there are so many opportunities for women you don't have to be in the next Aaron Andrews there are so many behind the scenes roles you can do blogging reporting uh, scripts producing there's so many things you can do and it's not just because you know, I don't want you, you can't, you shouldn't be good for a woman. You should just be good. And I want people to know that if you're good, it doesn't matter what your gender is. You'll for the most part get treated with respect, but I understand no matter what happens. And I chose the sport that the, the demographic is 55 plus year old white man. So if you're going to con, if there's no progression there. I know people think what they're going to think and that's fine. But after all these years, I'm still not intimidated by it. Fantastic. That's awesome. And and I agree. You know, if you're good at what you do, no matter what your gender is, you should just be good at what you do. Right. Let's, let's switch gears. Let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, you, you mentioned you have a large Twitter following, and um, you get uh, you get some pretty interesting um, tweets directed at you. I'll just put it that right. way. You get a lot of guys. Obviously, you're a very beautiful woman. You do a lot of things in Major League Baseball, and you know you're you're famous for you know your past work. You get asked out on Twitter a lot. Talk to me about mm-hmm. that. I don't 
don't think they're actually they actually mean that. And a couple times, you know, <laughs> I've been asked out on dates, and I've met I've met people that have asked me out on dates sure. on Twitter. But at the same time, sure. um, I think it's the keyboard warrior stuff, and it's it's no different from when people talk crap to me. I'll see them in person, and they go silent, right? So it's right. um. It's whatever, but yeah, I get asked that all the time. But a lot of times, it's just joking, or they have like their women crush Wednesday, and that's fine. Um, but you know, if I turn you down, I don't think that you should make me feel like shit about it. You know, but it just right. kind of is what it is. It, I mean, it's fine. It's it's another form of social media. People tend to forget that, and you know, if the, it's just so different for me tweeting about politics. You know, people get mad when I do that. Right. We'll stick to sports. Well, I'm a person. I'm going to tweet about that I just downed a beer and ate freaking nachos because that's what I want to tweet about that's it's ridiculous right. so if people want to and that's what actually helped me get my roles because they know I'm approachable I'm a human being and that's why people were able to invite me onto these shows or invite me to do these podcasts and what have you so I don't feel bad about that stuff and if somebody was to ask me out I'll I'll consider it I'm single I'm I'm young and I I'm beautiful i'm successful like why not who wouldn't want to date me so it's just kind of like that i don't even care it is what it is channeling your inner joey vado there i like yes it. Uh, so one of the other things and and i'll put this out on the record for my followers and your followers and my fans and listeners Jessica is one of my top three absolute favorite Twitter followers for the reason she just <laughs> she will tweet everything from baseball to politics to hey look I'm having a Cosmo and you know just drinking a yeah. beer and you know eating food it's fantastic one of one of my favorite things is your opinions on kiss cams and in stadium proposals let's spend the last like two minutes talking <laughs> talking about in-stadium proposals and kiss cams. How do you feel about that? Kiss cams I'm not too bad about. Um, in-stadium proposals okay. I can't stand. I can't stand them because I, you know, come off as this very tough girl. I love the idea of love. I think it's one of the most rare things you can experience in your life with, the, with another person. Um, and I don't mean just a child. I don't mean, I mean like an actual human being around your age or younger, or older. I don't, I don't judge. Such a rare thing to find that when you want to show off in front of other people, I get that. But if you're just doing that to get on camera or to basically mock this or put the pressure on the poor girl or guy that, you know, oh, you're doing this in front of people. Let's make this a joke. Like that, that I don't like. Plus, you're interrupting the game. Like, that's where all the attention's going to go to. And I get it, you want fan interaction, but I just think it's such a smack in the face. It interrupts the game. It takes away from what you're there for. Um, and that just annoys me. And I feel like that's disrespectful. But that's my opinion. I feel it's disrespectful to the old school form of love. We'll go with that. Okay, fair enough. What's the, uh, what's the worst proposal that you've seen? either in person or on TV? The what? The worst proposal? Oh, um, all of them. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> probably, though, there was there was one that they made me, ugh, they made me write about, and I was, I did it for, just because there was nothing to write about at the time, and it was right behind the Angels catcher. It was, like, behind home plate, and somebody proposed to his girl, right at during an angels game 
And I want to say Mike Trout was batting. And I, and I wrote about it. I tweeted it. And my editor was like, you are so brave. I am so proud of you. <laughs> and it was, you know, I did it. I got it out of my system. I did it. And I, it, it's done. Um, and, but it, it grossed me out to do it. And I thought it was annoying. And I know a lot of people get mad, like, oh, you're just bitter because you're single. I was like, no, no, I can make a phone call and get a husband. It's not that. Just, I just get annoyed because it takes the attention away. And it's, it's a mockery of love. Absolutely, absolutely. We're winding down here. we got about a minute and a half left. When do you start your new uh, Bay Area job officially? When can fans be on the lookout for your uh, Bay Area stuff starting? Um, I I moved down there in six days, seven days. A week from okay. today I'll be um, a Bay Area resident again, and then I start November 12th. Um, and okay. I, I probably won't have any content out there for a little bit uh, from NBC because I have to train and everything like that. But I still have a couple of Infinite Justice coming out for MLB.com, and then it's, I'm still going to be pushing out that Cut 4 stuff and uh, should be good to go. Ladies and gentlemen, we have one minute left. She is fantastic. You can tell from the last half hour she is one of the most fascinating and personable women in the game of baseball and just oh, thank just you. A fantastic no problem and just a fantastic woman overall we've touched on everything from Joey Votto to her dream job to how she's dealt with being a woman in a predominantly male industry to so much more give her a follow at Kleinschmidt K L E I N S C H M I D T J.B. on Twitter. Maybe maybe ask her out, see what she says. You never know. It might help if you guys are Joey Votto fans. Who knows? Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, I cannot thank you enough. Best of luck to you in, your, in the next month here as you transition into a new uh, job, and we will be on the lookout for the last, couple infinite Jesses and your your work in the Bay Area. Thank you so much, dear, for coming on. I appreciate it greatly. Oh, thanks for having me. No problem. Have a good day. Ladies and gentlemen, that was from Cut4 and MLB, Jessica Kleinschmidt. She is fantastic. You can tell she she gets really, really fired up about the um, Me Too movement, about being a woman in a predominantly male industry. She should be very damn proud of what she's done because she's worked her butt off to get to where she is, and she is absolutely fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a short break here. i got another guest coming on in half an hour's time. I have former MLB pitcher Aaron Ledesma. We're going to talk about his playing career as well as what he's been up to now. He's he's actually got a very interesting post-baseball career going on. So we'll talk about that. That'll be at 2 Eastern, 1 Central, here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you down the road in podcast land. <laughs> 